You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained, of course. Uh, Welcome to episode 179 of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, And uh, so if you found us through them, welcome. We're glad you're here. I should make some introductions. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm going to be your host for the next hour here for episode 179. Uh, And I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host. He also happens to be the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports. He wears a lot of hats. His name is Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hockey happening this Lots weekend of hockey and happening. I'm already tired. <laughs> and, and and while we have some kind of breaking news, um, congratulations to Team Slovakia taking the bronze medal at uh, the Winter Olympics. Crazy to see Sweden not get mm-hmm. a medal. Uh, and, and thinking of head coach uh, Craig Ramsey. Uh, Craig, Craig Ramsey, one of the, I, I always say that Rick Dudley, uh, one of the smartest hockey men that I've ever met, while mm-hmm. his his sidekick kick for many years was Craig <laughs> Ramsey, also incredibly smart hockey man, and was um, he was a, the power play consultant for the Montreal Canadiens for about five minutes um, when he came in to help out uh, f- as a favor to Rick Dudley, but uh, has been head coach of Slovakia, however that works, uh, since about, yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't since about 2017. And, and, uh, yeah, uh, I think, I think it's Slovakia's first, uh, Olympic, Olympic medal. medal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, devastating for Sweden. I don't know that Sweden, I don't know how many times Sweden hasn't at least medaled, uh, in the Olympics, obviously. And we have know, some friends US on ex- that side too. Um, we should we say do. that it was tough to see, uh, Jakob De La Rose, Max Freeberg, um, Christian Foline. Yeah, not um, uh, not metal. Yeah, it was. Um, been rooting for those guys uh, quite a bit. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it's already been kind of the the past story. Last week is that the U.S. and Canada also got knocked out in the quarterfinals. Uh, the U.S. actually got knocked out by Slovakia. So um, it's uh, it's been a 
a little bit odd. A- I mean, it's not best on best. Um, um, but but listen, uh, don't take anything away from those who are earning the medals. Not at all. And hey, the, a lot of the European countries, Sweden uh, in particular, Russia in particular, uh, you know, they're pulling a lot of their rosters from very strong competitive pro hockey leagues like the SHL, like the KHL. Uh, and people need to remember that the, the guys that play, play in those leagues play hard. They play mm-hmm. competitively. So... Um, congratulations to Slovakia and uh, we'll see it's Finland versus Russia for the gold so we'll see which one comes out the Slovak Legion in Thunder Bay uh, over in the East End is probably celebrating wildly (laughs) wildly right about now will there be like a a food or beverage of choice to celebrate (laughs) with (laughs) they made good progies I tell you that oh now I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Well, uh, we've got lots of Canadians news, of course, to talk to you about over the next hour. Um, we're going to give you a brief rundown of what happened in the three games that the Canadians played since the last time we met here on the Canadians Connection podcast last week. Uh, get you up to date on roster news for the team. Lots of actually there's been lots of little tidbits about the roster in out up, down, you know, all sorts of things. We'll get you all squared away with that. We've got a uh, Habs prospect report for you, give you a peek at how the Laval Rocket have fared the last week, as well as some news about uh, the 2022 IIHF World Junior Championship. Uh, and then we're going to get through some some news uh, regarding the Habs. There were some more hirings that took place this week. There were some trades that took place this week. Um, it's uh, It's... <laughs> There's not been a slow news day, Mm-mm. really, uh, at all. So we're going to get you all caught up with that before segment two. Uh, in our second segment, our big topic, um, we're going to focus on one of those trades in particular, the Tyler Toffoli trade to Calgary. Uh, and we're going to take a closer look at some of the assets that Montreal acquired in that trade with the help of our dear friend, Jerome Berube from Hockey Prospect. He's the director of scouting. He's going to be on in the second segment to uh, join us and talk about Emil Heineman, uh, what the that top prospect uh, that they're getting back, as well as some of those possible draft selections that the Habs could use with that first round pick that they picked up from Calgary. So it's going to be a great segment. You bringing in an expert for that. One. We are. We're bringing in the experts. Uh, and then finally, in our third segment, we will get you caught up on all of the great content you might have missed on all of the Rocket Sports platforms this week. Uh, we're going to hear from you uh, on our question of the week, which is what do you think about that Tyler Chafoli trade? And if you haven't uh, sent in your thoughts on that yet, you can do that. Tweet us at AllHabs. Tw- uh, send us a message on the face- on the AllHabs Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash AllHabs. Uh, and of course, don't forget, we're an interactive podcast. You can text us your thoughts on the Tyler Chafoli trade anytime on the Rocket Sports text line, that's 585-3-ROCKET. Again, 585-3-ROCKET. We'd love to hear from you. And in the third segment, we're going to uh, read some responses that some of our fans have already sent in uh, in advance. So looking forward to that. Sounds great. So in our uh, to, to start things off, three more games were on the slate this past week, uh, starting with uh, Saturday's tilt at home, uh, hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, Patrick Lina and uh, Jakub Voracek, uh, you know, those guys uh, visiting Montreal. Um, 
while Montreal did uh, actually drop that one two to one, I uh, have to say Sam Montembeau had one of his better performances. Uh, keep in mind, Sam Montembeau is playing injured. We know this for a fact. Uh, it's it's still up in the air as to whether or not he'll have surgery on his wrist or not. But so he is not a hundred percent. But but Rick, he 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 had one of his better outings uh, in net. Really did the best that he could to try to keep the Canadians in a very tight game. Uh, but but Patrick Lina had some other. <laughs> Some other thoughts. Not not a, a great season for Sam. And uh, I mean, uh, kind of unfair to expect him to to carry the load. Um, he's an AHL caliber goaltender and, and at times is, and, and many times has looked like that, but uh, not against Columbus. He had a, a great game, 40 saves um, in a losing effort. And of course, um, Kind of the punctuation point to, to this game was uh, Jeff Petrie's late penalty, uh, Columbus scoring on the the power pay, play, uh, Patrick Lina with with uh, just a rocket mm. one timer, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, if Jeff Petrie wasn't in the doghouse with fans uh, before this, he certainly oh, was yeah. after this game. He got a chance to redeem himself a little bit uh, later in the week, but yeah, it was uh, it was not pretty. The comments for Petrie after this game. Like uh, when the Canadians played Arizona, uh, I think people took Sunday's matchup against the Buffalo Sabres a little lightly or perhaps cautiously optimistic that this could be a chance for the Habs to really redeem themselves. And boy, oh boy, was it completely the opposite. Um, Martin St. Louis, uh, playing with the lines a little bit, decided to to put Caulfield back on the line with Suzuki uh, up top. And uh, whew. Things did not go well. Jeff Skinner scored four goals on this night. Uh, you had, I mean, it was just, it was, it was painful watching poor Caden Primo uh, night after night. Just uh, it, things not going well at all. Um, and yeah, when you can, when you can make the Buffalo Sabers look good, you know, there's, there's issues. Yeah, uh, that top line. Um, listen, uh, uh, Nick Suzuki and Tyler Toffoli uh, were looking pretty good, and now a lot of that. That their good play was driven by the hard work of Arturi Lekkonen. Uh, as you said, the line swapped uh, with Lekkonen going to the fourth line, uh, Caulfield uh, to the top line, and that that top line was just absolutely buried on almost every shift. Um, and and Skinner, what a day uh, for mm. him! He could have had another, he uh, but he passed it off there at the end of the game. But four goals for uh, Jeff Skinner. So that brought us, uh, then Then the Habs had some time off, and that was, uh, not time off, but time off from game action. There was uh, there was three days then before they, they were scheduled to play another game, so lots of things happening during that time, and as we said, the, we're going to get to the trade news uh, here in a little bit. Um, but finally, finally, the St. Louis Blues uh, come into town on Thursday night, um, and it actually looks like they're gonna take it. Uh, they go up um, two one uh, late in the game. Uh, they just have over a minute uh, to hold on to that to to sink the Habs for uh, you know making it an eleven game losing streak. And Cole Caulfield pots not only the tying goal in the the waning seconds of the game, but also the OT winner. Uh, and uh, the Habs snap that losing streak. Also happened to be the fifth 500th game uh, NHL game for Paul Byron, who was the one who got the scoring started for the Habs. 
Craig Brube, the uh, St. Louis head coach, was not happy with the officiating in this game no. at all. Um, and of course, the Canadians coming into this game had they were losers of ten straight, uh, and that was the first time since the nineteen twenty five twenty six season, almost a hundred years. Um, so it, it was it was a desperation situation. Also, uh, Marty St. Louis behind the bench, his first three games uh, he had lost. So it was critical for the Canadians to get a win for mm-hmm. uh, their head coach and, and to break that uh, losing streak. They did. Um, uh, as you said, Paul Byron, um, rather fitting for him uh, to get his <laughs> first goal of the season in his 500th game. Uh, Jeff Petrie was very good in this game. Two assists for for him, 24 minutes of action. That's helpful not only for the win that it provided, but also uh, for the scouts that are in attendance. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that uh, Kent Hughes will try to accommodate uh, Jeff Petrie and and uh, engineer a trade for him. And and his good performance in, in the, the game against St. Louis can only help that. Um, and Brandon Gallagher, who's um, been a shell of himself all season long, uh, was uh, played a strong game. So uh, the veterans coming together and uh, providing that first uh, coaching win for Marty St. Louis. So one win. I mean, you'll take them. <laughs> you take them wherever you can get them. Uh, brings the Canadians to a total of nine wins on the season. Now we've been stuck at eight for a long time. So their record now nine thirty three and seven. Uh, not enough to pull them out of the basement, though. They're still 32nd in the NHL. But don't worry, there's some games coming up this week. So maybe things are starting to trend in the right direction and we can talk about some more wins uh, in a week. And will we see two wins in a row for the very first time this season? Could be. You're a big dreamer. (laughs) I like that. You dream dream big. Put it Mm -hmm. right out there. Uh, for roster news, should mention that uh, Marty St. Louis did uh, mention in this morning's press availability that Yoel Armia is now day-to-day. Uh, not too sure uh, how serious that is, but but says that he's day-to-day. Uh, and also, even though Sherrod has been skating all week, uh, he is still a question mark as to whether or not he's going to play the Sunday afternoon game. So During the week, placed on he, Ben Sherrod was placed on uh, injured reserve. Uh, for an ankle injury, so had to be on um, injured reserve for a week. Coming off of that, likely to play on Sunday, if not Sunday. Um, good chance he'll play Monday. Joel Edmondson uh, skating on his own at Broussard this week. Rick, we're getting to the point where I'm seriously asking the question if we're going to see Joel Edmondson play at all this season. Yeah, it's it's a good question. Uh, very little information, and and when when he makes progress, often there's there's a setback. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a really tough season, um, both physically and emotionally for for uh, Joel Edmondson, and and uh, uh, a good sign that he's back on the ice, uh, but um, no indication that he's anywhere close to returning. Uh, Matthew Perot, Christian Dvorak, uh, and as you mentioned, Ben Schrott all did return to practice this week. We don't have any indication of when uh, all of those will be back into play for sure, uh, but but they're, they have returned to practice. One guy we haven't seen, however, yet is Tyler Pitlick. Um, Tyler Pitlick, part of the Calgary trade. Uh, with uh, for Tyler Toffoli, uh, we were told Rick at the beginning of the week that he wasn't going to join the team right away, uh, as he was uh, he and his wife were waiting the 
pending arrival of their of a new baby. So hasn't been an update on that. Um, but uh, once that happens, I'm, I'm sure he'll be back uh, with the team uh, to. Uh, uh, join the team and, and uh, take a spot in the lineup. That's right. Uh, another guy that we didn't see on the ice this week, which was a bit of a change from last week, was Carey Price. Uh, and in fact, the Canadians announcing at the beginning of the week that Carey Price would not skate this week, that he would be doing all off-ice rehab. Uh, so he's he's in the gym working on working on rehabilitation. Um, but... I think some I think some fans raised eyebrows when when it was just announced. Okay, well, by the way, he's yes, he was skating last week, but he's not going to skate this week. So, who knows at this point what that means? Um, yeah, but obviously, um, his knee isn't reacting uh, well to him being on the ice. Uh, so they're they're taking it very slow and 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 probably a wise approach. I think so too. Uh, you mentioned that Ben Sherratt was placed on IR a week ago, but he's been back at practice and and looking to slot back into uh, into the lineup here momentarily. Really, uh, in the interim, uh, needed to fill in some space on the back end. So the Canadians recalled Corey Schooneman from uh, Laval. I have to say, you know, I actually think Corey Schooneman is a serviceable call up. Uh, he, I like his game when he plays in the AHL and it transitions decently, uh, to the NHL. He's a pretty responsible defenseman. So he's been, he's been filling in quite nicely. You don't notice him on the ice and, and that that's for a good a, thing. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a very good thing. Um, in addition, and um, we're going to talk about this, uh, the details of it more in depth later on in this segment. Uh, but the first, uh, tiny little trade that happened, um, that was just when we went off the, the air last week. That's right. Uh, was that uh, the Canadians, We, as we said, Caden Primo had been mightily struggling. Everyone knew that. it was He was well overdue to go back to the AHL. Something, a stopgap had to, had to take place. And so finally, uh, that happened with uh, acquiring Andrew Hammond from the Minnesota Wild organization. Uh, the Hamburglar actually had been playing in the AHL for the Iowa Wild this season, um, but bringing him in uh, in exchange for um, Brandon Baddock, again, we're going to talk about that more in detail later on, allowed Caden Primo to finally get reassigned to to Laval, which was good news for, for the young goaltender. Uh, and in addition to that, Michael McNiven was taken off of IR and he was reassigned to Laval, so... J.F. Uhl starting to get some some familiar faces back in the crease. Uh, and in the crease for the Canadians on Sunday, it will be uh, Andrew Hammond's uh, first, uh, his debut for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, all eyes will be on Against the New one. York Islanders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, since we're uh, talking about Primo and McNiven both going back down to Laval, I think it's a appropriate, inappropriate time for a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So the Laval Rocket, we've said it before, we'll say it again, uh, they're not mimicking the record that their big brothers in the NHL have. Uh, They're currently sitting right smack in the middle of the AHL, 15th overall in the league with a 2014 3-0 record. Uh, Last week, they completed a three-game sweep 
on home ice against the Syracuse Crunch, won all three games, uh, a couple of them in, in quite dominant fashion, uh, including Saturday's 5-1 to one, uh, drubbing of the Syracuse Crunch. Um, all of that uh, looking looking very good. Kevin Poulin getting all three starts last week uh, as he was he was performing very well in net throughout the week. Um, and then things completely turned upside down for Jean-Francois Ull this week. Uh, they were supposed to leave on Tuesday to travel to Ontario to take on the Belleville Senators on Wednesday night. Uh, when it turned, uh, the AHL was forced to postpone that game uh, when it came out on Tuesday with COVID testing that four players and one staff member had tested positive for COVID and were being put, placed into protocols. That then triggered, you know, daily testing uh, in in the hopes that they could get to Syracuse for Friday night's game in Syracuse against the crunch. Um, and boy, was it just, <laughs> it was a crazy week uh, because of uh, testing and weather. Uh, they ended up not traveling on Thursday. Uh, then they waited Friday morning uh, for test results to come back. Finally got the all clear uh, just before noon that test results were, were good enough and the league was going to let the game go on. So, but there were additional. There were additional. There, it, there were up to about six or seven players and two staff members on the COVID protocol list. Uh, so the team hopped on board the bus around noon on Friday uh, and arrived uh, at the arena in Syracuse about five o'clock, two hours before puck drop last night. <laughs> Ready to start getting <laughs> dressed. <laughs> dressed. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was um, Kevin Poulin is one of the ones who did not make the trip, uh, likely one of the COVID cases. So that pushed uh, Caden Primo into the starters net maybe a, a couple of days earlier than J.F. Uhl would have liked. Um, the whole team struggled in the first period, uh, went down early and just couldn't couldn't recover. So they dropped uh, that game last night five to two. Um, we have extensive, comprehensive uh, game recaps for all of those games at the AHL Reports website. That's ahlreport.com, including post-game audio uh, with with JF Uhl and 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 different players. Um, so be sure you check those out. And um, on next week's episode of the Press Zone podcast, uh, we'll break some of that down uh, in a little more detail as well. And for those Habs fans wondering about Caden Primo. He didn't look good in the first period. Uh, three goals uh, in, in very quick su- succession. Um, kind of got his feet uh, under him uh, after that and, and uh, was much better, as you said, as the team was, was much better as mm-hmm. well. Um, so hopefully he can get some practice time in uh, with Marco and, and uh, get his game back on track. When I spoke to, to JF on Tuesday, uh, he said that Caden had a, a very, very positive demeanor coming down. He's, you know, bit of a breath of fresh air to be back in Laval. It's a, you know, winning environment in the locker room right now. And he was just ready to get back to work. Um, and in fact, spoke to Primo himself on Tuesday. And, and he, he said the same thing, said he was overcomplicating things. Um, and Ull had said that the 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 goal was to have him spend a lot of time with Marco Marciano this week, and as he said, quote, uh, wanted him to feel good about himself. Um, so probably got him into a game a, a little earlier than would have liked to, but COVID kind of forced their hand there, and uh, we'll see how see how things work moving forward. 
Uh, it was announced uh, this week by the IIHF that the 2022 World Junior Championship, which had been shut down mid uh, sort of at the beginning of the tournament uh, due to COVID uh, this past uh, December, uh, has been rescheduled and it, w- it will be played in mid-August in Edmonton and Red Deer, just following the Hlinka Gretzky Cup. Um, it's an interesting it's an interesting timing, Rick. We've seen a, a number of um, analysts and so forth question uh, whether or not a lot of the top prospects will go like the Owen Powers uh, of of the world uh, because not too long after this tournament ends, NHL training camps are going to be starting up, uh, and so it's a, it's a bit of a tight turnaround, uh, and you certainly wouldn't want to get injured uh, at the tournament either. Yeah, it is. There's there's uh, no, not only the NHL um, main training camps, but the rookie camps that precede mm-hmm. those. So um, I think you know the, the it's supposed to be a restart. Uh, none of the the games are going to count that that uh, they were able to get in, uh, but I expect that we're we're going to see different rosters than uh, we saw in January for the World Juniors. I think so as well. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, be sure to check out all the content o- out over at ahlreport.com. Subscribe to the Press Zone podcast. If you missed this past Tuesday's uh, be sure to check it out. We bring you extensive audio from Caden Primo himself and JF Uhl, uh, from Josh Brook, who is finally playing his first games of the season. Um, and Rick and I actually go into a pretty deep conversation about Despite the fact that Cole Caulfield is uh, his offense is waking up under the tutelage of Martin St. Louis, uh, does his defensive game need enough pl- enough work that it warrants sending him down to the AHL for a little while this season? It's a it's a it's a great discussion, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So be sure you check out the Press Zone at thepresszone.fm. Uh, now, as we said, there was a lot of news happening this week. Um, Hirings all over the place. Um, starting off with uh, Marty Lapointe now has someone to share the title of uh, director, co-director of amateur scouting with, and that is one Nick Bobroff from. Uh, it's uh, well known to Jeff Gordon. He's the former director of European scouting for the New York Rangers, uh, and he'll be brought in as co-director of amateur scouting. Uh, that's Nikolai Bobrov. To you, a uh, uh, place of birth was uh, St. Petersburg, uh, Russia. I <laughs> uh, was uh, director of European scouting for both Boston and New York Rangers at the same time that Jeff Gorton was there. So um, if you look at uh, the two hirings that, that the Canadians made this week, maybe this one was, uh, was done for Jeff or by Jeff Gorton, the other one. Uh, Kent Hughes, uh, we we had a bit of a preview of this uh, because it was Larry Brooks at the beginning of the week who said uh, at the Bean Pot um, that uh, he spotted uh, Jeff Gorton and Kent Hughes sitting with uh, Nick Bobroff. So obviously that was uh, arranged there. Um, and uh, yeah, as you said, f- for now. Uh, he will be the co-director of amateur scouting with Marty Lapointe. Marty Lapointe took over. Uh, it's not amateur scouting isn't really his thing, um, but he took over as, as uh, cord- to coordinate the the amateur scouts with the departure of Trevor Timmons and and um, before that Shane Churla left uh, that department as well. So my. I, I think we can expect that uh, Marty Lapointe may move back to uh, the, the the portfolio that he's most most comfortable with, 
and uh, that uh, Nick Bobroff will will get that title um, all to himself. But you know that can't happen when we're we're so close to uh, the draft, um, and uh, so they'll they'll work together uh, for the the few months ahead of of the 2022 NHL entry draft. At the same time that his hiring was announced, another hiring was announced as well. And as you said, if that if if Bobroff was uh, Jeff Gordon hiring, then Vinny LeCavier was definitely a Kent Hughes hiring. Uh, Kent Hughes, formerly uh, LeCavier's player agent, uh, LeCavier's brother works at the same agency run by Kent Hughes, uh, sports agency. Uh, so... Very well known, and LeCavier has been hired as the special advisor to hockey operations. Uh, and when he spoke to the media yesterday, there really wasn't um, a concrete job description under that. It sounds like it's going to be kind of a potpourri of insight or, um, you know, advice, advising, uh, tips, tricks. Yeah, it depends. It, kind of a, a mixed bag of, of responsibilities for Vinny LeCavier. Uh, I think he said other duties as assigned. Yeah, that's about <laughs> and, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was it was kind of amusing listening to to Vinny LeCavalier. Uh, of course, a lot of attention. Uh, you know, the star power was was there for the Montreal media. Um, but he was amusing when he said, you know, it's, it's, it's really different watching games, uh, from a <laughs> scouting perspective when you're focusing on one player and not for the enjoyment. And he was welcome to scouting 101. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a lot. Well, I, I was going to say not a lot, no experience there. And, um, you know, that many, uh, uh fans are kind of wondering what's going on here. Um, you've got uh, uh, Ken Hughes, no experience. You you have uh, Marty St. Louis, no experience. You have Vinny LeCavalier, no experience. So it's um, it's it's really well. It's 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 going to be interesting to see. Um, uh, besides the scouting and the little things that he's he's been pointing out to to Ken Hughes, he said that he'll be involved. Uh, in training camps, coming and and talking to players uh, that he wants to to uh, have a chat with, and those include Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Um, he wants to be able to support hockey operations, watch for interesting trades and players that he's interested in, talk to uh, potential unrestricted free agents, and recruit them to Montreal. Um, but during this time, he's not going to be in Montreal. He's, he's got a young family. He prefers to stay in Florida. So all of his work, uh, for the most part is going to be done from Florida. So kind of a la Sean Burke. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Opting to stay in the uh, warmer climes uh, and, and keep the family intact. So it'll be interesting to see how that, of course, we should mention, not only is he very familiar with Kent Hughes, uh, he sort of knows Marty St. Louis a little bit too. Uh, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was asked, funny, he was asked, um, about Brad Richards. Uh, yeah. what about, what about Brad? And, and he said, Oh, I talked to Brad this morning. This morning. Why don't we just yeah. get the whole line back together <laughs> and, uh, let's see how that goes. Um, so very, very interesting, obviously a popular hire for, uh, Canadians fans and, uh, we'll see how, see how all of that goes along. So as we said, um, 
you know, there's been they've Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon have been busy on the hiring front. Uh, Kent Hughes has been busy on the trade front. Uh, we mentioned uh, grabbing goaltender Andrew Hammond from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for uh, Laval forward Brandon Baddock, who um, surprisingly enough was on an NHL contract. Uh we may have forgotten that, but yes, he he was not on an AHL contract. Um, so so the Canadians stay at forty eight uh, contracts um, with that move. But the big splash, and I would just say, um, congratulations to Ken Hughes because yeah, in a tough situation, needed a goaltender, uh, but didn't want to add to the the contract. So he brings right. in Andrew Hammond, who has. Um, NHL experience, although it's been years it's been since while, he's played yeah. uh, in the NHL, uh, but the, that, that's not really the, the the important part. It's it's it was getting Caden Primo back to Laval and and out of the line of fire. Uh, so he he reached out to his buddy, um, a good friend, Bill Guerin, and and they were able to arrange this. Uh, Brandon Baddock, um, you know, he's a, he's a tough guy. He, he was a, uh, a guy who protected uh, folks in Laval, but not uh, integral to the, the lineup uh, with the Rocket. No, and uh, was able to swap an NHL contract for an NHL contract. Yeah. So uh, that was that was very well done. Uh, but the slam dunk of <laughs> for the week, for sure, was uh, Tyler Toffoli getting shipped out to the Calgary Flames for... Uh, 2020 draft pick forward Emil Heineman currently playing in Europe. Uh, forward Tyler Pitlick, a first round pick in 2022 and a fifth round pick in 2023. Um, I love this. I love it. I love it. Trade early, trade often. Give us more of this. Uh, great return for Tyler Toffoli. Um, yeah, I just, I love every piece of this. And I know, and I even, I, I sent, I put out a, a note on Twitter that said, fans, if, if you know because you see you saw so many people lamenting this was the one guy i didn't want them to trade look if this team is going to rebuild if this team is going to regroup and reset um just brace yourselves be prepared for a lot of your quote-unquote favorite players to leave the organization uh via trade because that's how kent hughes is going to have to approach this for sure, and and to Foley, um, never is not. It's unlikely he's going to be able to recreate the season he had last year for the Canadians uh, on the decline. Um, he'll be, he he's already helped out the Calgary Flames, uh, scoring oh a really pretty goal his his first game. Yeah, uh, second game kind of energizing that third line: Sean Monahan and Dylan Dubé, uh, who who have been in a bit of a funk. So I mean, great move for Calgary. Um, did did uh, Kent Hughes get enough? Um, I don't know, um, but it, could he have gotten more uh, if he waited? But um, I, you know, he's he sent the message that uh, the Canadians are open for business. If you want somebody, you better get in quick. You better put your best offer forward, uh, and he's willing to to move players and um, yeah, I, I, to get that that uh, uh, pick that they wanted uh, the the first round draft pick uh, that was important to get the prospect that they had their eye on and insisted be part of the trade in Heinemann uh, you know that's that's a good move as well so I think uh, all the way around it, it seems like a, um, a good 
for both teams, a, a good move. And, and uh, Tyler Pitlick, well, the Canadians have all the Pitlicks now. Um, oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> but, but more so, this was about kind of uh, evening out the, the, the cap situation, helping uh, Calgary uh, with their situation. But he's a UFA. His uh, dollars will come off the cap. Um, at, at the end of this season, and and that saves two years of, of Tyler Toffoli money, um, $4.25 million off the cap. The cap was a very important goal for uh, uh, Kent, uh, Hughes to be able to, to uh, improve the mess that, that he was left, and that's a, that's a really good start. Absolutely. Um, I appreciated in his... Kent Hughes was made available to the media the following day. Uh, and I appreciated that he mentioned that it was his priorities the day of the trade were for him personally to speak with Tyler Toffoli, for him personally to speak uh, to Tyler Pitlick, and for him to personally speak with Emil Heineman and to communicate to Emil Heineman that he wasn't just a player that was tossed into the trade to sweeten the pot, that he and the Canadians wanted Heineman, that that this was a prospect that they he needed to be part of the package. I appreciated that that uh, Hughes mentioned that, but that that was, but more importantly, that that was for him as a GM, that was important for him to do. Well, particularly recognizing as a player agent, recognizing it's pretty tough for a young player uh, to have been traded twice already in his in his young career, um, and and wanting to let him know uh, that in the Canadians' case, it was because he was they insisted he be part of this trade, uh, and 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 that's that's a po- that should be a positive thing for Heineman. Absolutely, and and when you're looking at an organization that Jeff Gordon says development. Uh, a, a new look at development needs to be part of how they rebuild things. I think uh, actions like that by Kent Hughes are an important piece of that puzzle. It's it's communicating with a young prospect right away. We want you. We understand that this might emotionally be confusing or you might be feeling unsure with your confidence. And so here I am to tell you right away where you're you're coming to us because we wanted you and we're going to take care of you. So. I thought all of those things were very good indicators. I liked, Absolutely. liked that a lot. We are actually going to talk about uh, young Mr. Heineman even more uh, coming up in the next segment. We've got the one and only Jerome Berube, a longtime friend of Rocket Sports Media. Uh, he is the director of scouting for Hockey Prospect. And uh, he's going to join us in the next segment to not only talk about uh, what he and all of his colleagues, Mark Edwards and so forth, uh, his colleagues at Hockey Prospect have thought of Emil Heineman in his draft year and even currently. Uh, but he's also, we're going to pick his brain a little bit about uh, who are the potential, who are some potential names that the Canadians could target with that first round pick that they just got from Calgary uh, later on this summer in the draft. So uh, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. Uh, and uh, we will invite Jerome onto the show with us here in the studio in the next segment. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text to the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I am Amy Johnson, your host. You can find me, of course, on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Uh, and joining me in the studio is our president and founder here at Rocket Sports. His name is Rick Stevens. And uh, if you're not already doing so, be sure to follow him at All Habs on Twitter. Uh, in addition to that, you should follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, and we would invite you, whether you're a new listener or a longtime listener, uh, to be sure you subscribe to the to the app on whatever platform you're listening. Uh, if you can uh, share it with your friends on your social favorite social media platform, that helps our community to grow even bigger. And if you're a listener on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, we would very much appreciate you rating the show, uh, which you're able to do through those two services. We are very pleased today here on the Canadians Connection to have a very special guest join us. Uh, he is the one and only Jerome Berube, the Director of Scouting for Hockey Prospects, a longtime friend of the show. We've, uh, gosh, Jerome, it's been years and years that we've uh, that we've been fortunate enough to call you a friend and 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 know know you and uh, just glean all of your wonderful scouting insight. So, welcome to the show and thank you for being here today. Hey guys, thanks for uh, for having me on. It's great to hear your voice. Let's, I guess, first off, before we get into the the meat and potatoes of what we're here to talk to you about today, um, can you just uh, describe to listeners a little bit about what it is that you do at Hockey Prospects? So to put it uh, shortly, uh, we scout the NHL draft. It's been HockeyProspect.com has been. Uh, has been was created in 2004, so uh, it's been going on for years. I came in on board in 2011, and you know, learned the craft, um, and obviously gained a lot of experience talking with you know, Mark Edwards, or the founder of the the company, and like meeting you know scouts over the years, and 
and uh, you know improving on, on my craft and um, so we, we scout the NHL draft we're basically like um, well this year it's now a 33rd NHL team <laughs> um, so we we do what you know NHL teams do except we don't have like their budget but we try our best to scout you know every player we possibly can and try to give like a you know, very professional scouting reports for um, for anyone that want to read them for uh, for the for the draft. Well, your scouting reports are are tremendous. Um, they're comprehensive. They're they're detailed, uh, and the the black book, the NHL draft book, is kind of thought of as a bible. Certainly uh, by me, and I've I've um, picked up one since I think about 2015 and and it, it's back so far that I even have paper copies on my shelf uh, rather than the PDFs um, which I actually which I actually like to go back uh, and and flip th- through um, but uh, you know back in 2020 um, today we're going to talk about uh, Emil Heimelin, um, Heinemann the uh, prospect that was included in the Tyler Toffoli trade coming from the Calgary Flames and in 2020, in the Black Book, um, it was a, a very interesting um, uh, scouting profile of, of Emil. Um, and and uh, kind of, I don't know, it was kind of hinting at, at him being a, a bit of a late bloomer. I wonder if you can go through uh, his draft year scouting report. Well, yeah. Um, so he's, he's a really good story. Because he kind of like we didn't really, um, I don't want to say took him seriously, but um, he really came on us like in the second half of the year. Because mm-hmm. um, if, if you just look at his numbers before that draft year, like there's nothing that really said that this guy's gonna get drafted in NHL. Like he played his 17 year old season, score one goal in 26. Uh, 27 games in mm. in junior in, in Sweden. Then next year he come back. He come back and score 26 and 29 on the same <laughs> team in the same league. So wow. something massive happened over the summer. Um, from what we understood was, you know, he got bigger, got stronger, got faster, and you know everything start like clicking for him. Um, so yeah, great story. Um, and uh, um, you know. <laughs> He was a classic, uh, you know, late bloomer. Um, and sometimes you have to be a bit worried about... Usually a late bloomer like him will be not... In this case, he's, he's one of the oldest players in that draft class. Uh, usually that doesn't really happen. Uh, usually a late bloomer is a really young player. Um, so in this case, it was a bit different. So there was... a yeah, I know a Swedish guy was a bit concerned about this, but you know, the more we watch, more we're like, hey, this this guy is really good. He can he can score, he can really shoot the pot, he can really skate, and he also like likes to play a physical game. So um um, you know, a lot of good things were happening with you know Emil in, in his draft year and and also he got a late call up in the SHL at the end of the year and um you know we I think we rank him thirty third, so just outside of, of our first round. So um, um, we're we're we obviously uh, we're a big fan of him in his draft year. 
So 33rd, and and uh, he was actually taken 43rd uh, by the Florida Panthers in that draft in the second round, just ahead of where the Canadians were choosing uh, were picking. They had the 47th and 48th pick, and from what we've heard, um, he was pretty high on the list for Trevor Timmons and Shane Churla in that draft, um, and they probably would have taken him if he had been available with that 47th pick. Um, but picked up by, by Florida. Um, and, and you had him, um, you know, I, I see you have him seven, uh, rank seven out of, out of nine, I think, uh, is your top ranking, uh, seven on hockey sense, uh, seven on skating kind of average on skill with, with, uh, six, but it was the compete level that, that really stood out, uh, for you guys. You have him rated as a nine there. Yes. Well, that was one thing we really like about him was, uh, you know, uh, how aggressive he was on the ice, um, not afraid to hit, you know, opposing defensemen on, on the forecheck. And, uh, you know, I, people <laughs> tend to, like, get annoyed when we talk about compete level all the time, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's such an important thing, things to have as a player. So like, NHL is a really tough league mm-hmm. to play in, and if you don't have the, the compete level, uh, like really high. I mean, your chance unless you're like an elite talent. I mean, even even then, doesn't always gonna work anyway. But you know, if, if you don't have the compete level, it's really hard for you to to make an impact at the NHL level. So uh, you know, we don't give up nine rating really often. Um, so you know, the fact that you got one was really you know speak a lot about his like his uh, his compete level. And, and maybe since then, uh, so, uh, that, that uh, draft profile was in 2020, and we now in 2022, uh, what are the things that you think have, have changed? Obviously, the compete level seems to have stayed, but, but maybe um, he's becoming a bit more offensive. Um, we hear his coach talk about his shot. He's pretty decent. He's, he's got 16 points uh, playing for Lexans in 37 games, so it seems like his offensive game is coming along. Yeah, his shot is really good. Um, you know, I heard, I think it was his GM or his coach saying, like, he works a lot on his shot uh, in the summer. Um, it shows, like, his shot is really impressive. And, um, you know, it's really, if you just watch, like, I think someone posts, like, uh, his goal highlight from this year, and you can see his shot is pretty impressive. And um, so it's, it's obviously his number one asset offensively. Um, you know, his skating and his shot are probably like his two best tools he has going on for him. Um, so his shot is, I think it's pretty uh, easy to see his shot, you know, translating to a, at the initial level. It's pretty natural for anytime, anytime you get a prospect uh, in a trade, it's pretty natural for people, particularly on social media, to start trying to make comparisons of, oh, this is, this is a, a so-and-so in the NHL style player. And so we've seen plenty on social media likening him to to an Arturi Lekanen style of play. Uh, his own coach at Lexans, uh, Bjorn Helkvist, actually has commented that uh, Heinemann reminds him of Leon Dreisaitl. So, you know, <laughs> going from the Arturi Lekanens to the Leon Dreisaitls, is there someone in the NHL or, or even more than one player in the NHL who kind of resembles the style of player that Heinemann is? 
Oof, I really hate doing <laughs> comparable. <laughs> Put you on the uh, spot, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really have a name, honestly. And I, I don't like to like an uh, comparable. Okay. Um, I think they're two. They might play on the same spot in, in your lineup. They might be both third line left winger, but they bring you know. Um, some something really different on the ice. Like Lekanen is very smart, very aware on the ice, um, really good on the PK. Um, like Hyman is more like a powerful power forward. Um, and you know, uh, with a better shooting, uh, a better shot than Lekanen. Lekanen has to work really hard to get his mm-hmm. goals. Uh, Hyman can, you know, just take a good shot from. You know, mid-range and, you know, he has the shot to, to beat, like, a lot of goalies. So they might end up <laughs> both being third-line left-winger, but they do bring, like, so much different facets to, their, mm-hmm. to the, the game. And the dry idle comparable, I mean, I don't, it's not, uh, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, make a, doesn't make a lot of sense. If if he was really on dry idle, I think you'd probably play him more than fourth-line ice time and no power play ice time with Lexon. <laughs> um, you probably give him a bit more ice time than he has this year. So, so the coach um, was being kind in the press. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm guess I'm guessing he was. <laughs> well, you know, if it's not that topic, we see a lot of chatter on on social media, both from fans and and from from media types as well. Um, all trying to make sense of the fact that this young man has been traded twice. Uh, before he has even signed an entry-level deal, um, of course, as as Rick mentioned a few minutes ago, he was he was drafted by Florida back in 2020, has uh, you know been traded and and now traded again to Montreal. Is this really kind of is this any kind of red flag for for a prospect like this, or is this just kind of one of those things that it it was just the business of hockey and he was a a good prospect trade sh- trade ship for organizations to use in both of those trades. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, if it was like, um, if it was like, an, he was in the American Hockey League in the past three years and he got traded twice, I'd be a bit, a bit more worried. Mm-hmm. But um, he's, a, he's a, in his draft year, he was like a long term project. You know, okay. he's a late bloomer, but he has a lot of, you know, experience he needs to to gain and. It's a lot easier to trade a prospect that's gonna be maybe he's gonna have an impact on your team in two three years than a guy that's gonna have an impact maybe right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel it's a it's a it's a lot easier to trade those long term pro- prospect that might have an impact in two three years than like in both in both cases he got traded to it uh, by a team that was trying to win right away. Uh, so Florida last year. Calgary this year, they're both trying to win now. Mm-hmm. So um, not to worry about it. Um, you know, I think he's gonna have at least one more year in Sweden next year, and hopefully he gets like a, a real top six role in in Lexon next year. And um, so uh, probably after he might he might make his way to uh, to Montreal or well, or Laval basically. Well, we appreciate your insight on Heinemann, uh, but he was only one part of the Toffoli trade. Perhaps the more more important part of, of the trade for the Montreal Canadiens was Calgary's first round pick in 2022. 
now, right now, they're a top 10 team, so uh, that's going to be a pick that's later in the first round, somewhere between 20 and 32. Um, do you have any names that Canadians fans can be thinking about uh, in the upcoming draft, the draft-eligible players that, uh, that, that maybe the Canadians uh, would, would like to take in that uh, first round with the Calgary pick? Yeah, I have three players. Um, obviously, I have no idea if they're going to be available <laughs> when the Calgary pick is is on, on the clock. Um, it's really, it's, I mean, it's mid-February, and it's still pretty early to really have like a a good idea of what you know the the, the draft is going to look like. Um, we don't do like mock draft on our with our list at hockeyprospect.com. We really make a home list, so. The three players I have, they're all three in our December rankings. They were all in our top twenty, but that doesn't that doesn't mean anything at the end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I remember last year we had Matthew Nice thirteen, and he went fifty nine. <laughs> but uh, I mean, anyone that's watched Matthew Nice this year, like he's been really good for mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Minnesota, and he just played at the Olympics. So um, I think. We were proven right with that with that one. So the two players, uh, Jimmy Snagerud, who's a um, forward for the U.S. national team. Um, so we have him, I think, around like 15 on our list, maybe top 15. Um, one of the best shot in the draft. Um, and funny enough, it's not even his best tool offensively. His <laughs> playmaking is his best tool. So he's a really good. We really like him. The the little question mark with him is uh, like, where was this, you know, how is this skating going to be when he's 22, 23? We obviously think it's going to be, it's going to be fine, but I know some other people are, are have more issue with the skating, but um, we think it's going to be fine. Um, and with players like him, you know, his, uh, his RKQ is really high. He's one of the smartest players in the draft. And, you know, I look at, like, players like Mark Stone. Um, if you only watch Mark, Mark Stone's skate, you're like, how is he playing in the NHL? <laughs> <laughs> like, his skating is not good at all, but he's so smart. Um, I think, even, I think, Marty Sand, we mentioned this maybe last week, he said, the, the play away from the puck is so important. Mm-hmm. And if, if you watch Mark Stone, like, his Anticipation of the puck is, you know, pretty much elite. So that's how he's able to, you know, be that great player. Is so Snuggerud is a bit, you know, similar like this. Is off the puck, anticipation his reads are really good. So that helps him, you know, even if he's not a, a really good skater, it uh, he's able to really have success, and I think he'll continue having success at the next level. Um, second player, Elias Salomonsen. He's a right defenseman from, uh, Sweden. Um, his, his season has been kind of funny, a bit up and down. Um, uh, but he looks like he's, he's really, uh, has come alive since, uh, you know, second half of the season. Um, he's a guy we had really high at the beginning of the year and really, <laughs> he really struggled at the Olympic tournament and then, you know, during the, uh, his season in G20, so, but 
since uh, maybe December, January, he's really playing well, and he fits what a bit what the Canes are looking for. Uh, right defenseman with some pretty good, you know, offensive touch. Uh, really, he's one of the best skaters in the draft, um, and uh, you know. I really have I really enjoyed watching him play in the past two months. His his play has come like alive. And the third one is a guy that nobody really mentioned except us. <laughs> and, uh, is a Russian forward Victor Nuchev. Um, he's he's actually one of the more more exciting player in this draft class. Like just scouting, he plays on every uh, average team. He doesn't really have a, a lot of help around him. You know, if you watch, you just look at his stats, a lot of goals, not many assists. And it's it's kind of funny because when we watch him, we think he's a, a much better playmaker than a finisher. <laughs> wow. He just doesn't have anybody to finish his playoff ah. on, on his team. So he's really fun, really good skater, uh, really, uh, really uh, a good pace. Um, he works really hard, which is one thing we like. I mean... If you look in the past, we had some miss with some Russian forward, and sometimes the compete level was not like really high end. Um, you know, craft stuff was one um, that we really had high. And then, you know, why is it not working at the initial level? Maybe it's that compete level that you know really want to make a difference. Maybe craft stuff doesn't have it. This kid really brings it. You know, every game. So. Um, He's an interesting one. I mean, he's listed at six foot two. There's no way he's six foot two. <laughs> like when watch it, like how is he listed six foot two? He's about five eleven, maybe six feet max. But um, so yeah, he's really like nobody really talks about him, but we uh, we really like you know Tapler. He's, he's actually kind of like um, I don't know if you guys remember he was drafted by the Flyers, but. Um, uh, now I don't remember the name of that player, but he was a he plays at Denver University. Uh, they drafted him in the second second round. Uh, is it Brink? The last Bobby, Bobby, Brink. Brink. Bobby Brink. Bobby Brink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very similar to Bobby Brink. Um, okay. So who's having as, a good year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had we had him really high. I think we had him like top fifteen, and he went in the second second round. But you know, he's looking really good this year. So it's uh, it's always a it's always a, a long-term <laughs> um, project. It's, always, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> and we we knew like in, with Brink, we knew that he was really small, and it was going to take at least three years in college. And he had some skating even, issues to work on. Yeah, so he has to get like stronger, and yeah. so it takes time. It takes time. Um, you know, even like last year, didn't really have a. I think he scored two goals last year in college. Um, so. Yeah, there were plenty of Flyers yeah. fans who thought he was going to be a bust <laughs> because of last yeah. year's play. Just have to be patient. Like it's, uh, it's not. I think Trevor Timmons used to say this all the time, and I think it's a great quote. It's not a sprint. It's, it's a, it's a marathon. Mm -hmm. yeah. You just have to be patient. Let the kids develop. And, um, and uh, anyway, uh, Nuchev is really a really a fun player to watch. And um, you know, I don't know. If, my guess he might be av available um, when the Canes pick with the Calgary pick, but um, we'll see. Well, that's why we come to you to, to hear the <laughs> names that nobody else is thinking of, that's that right. nobody else is promoting. And uh, we really appreciate uh, that detail that you provided 
our listeners, uh, I'm just going to throw in another name because, and not so much uh, uh, because I'm I'm suggesting the Canadians should pick him. Uh, his name is Jack Hughes. Uh, his father uh, is Kent Hughes, and that would set up a really interesting dynamic if Dad picked a son uh, with that Calgary pay. And he's projected to go late uh, first round, maybe early second round. Yeah, um, well, it's an it's an interesting dynamic. Obviously, having your dad as a GM, I don't know if they want to go that route. Um, <laughs> um, um, so, uh, in this case, it's it's been a bit of a tough year for him. I feel like uh, he's very raw physically, and it's really not helping um, him having success at the college level. It's always mm-hmm. tough for for like a, a true freshman to have success in college in the draft year. Um, so, you know, best, you know, it's, it's almost like if you wish he was playing in the USHL instead of uh, college mm-hmm. this year. Um, so they're always like tougher to really get a good evaluation on, on them because they don't, they might not play a lot and physically they're very, you know, it's, it's it's a big challenge for them. So he's definitely, to me, he's definitely a long-term project in college. So he might at least play two years of college, if not four. Um, so, again, very, very uh, interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. Your, your, your dad is a GM. <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerome, um, it has been an absolute blast uh, getting to talk to you. Um, you are a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you, Mark Edwards, all of you folks at Hockey Prospects do such a tremendous job. Uh, I don't think folks and fans can truly appreciate the thousands of hours of legwork uh, that you all do every year in scouting uh, to prepare for the draft and get the Black Book ready. So thank you for all of your hard work. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us to talk about uh, Heinemann and uh, some some great insight and, and names for the upcoming draft. Um, and maybe, just maybe, as we get closer to the draft uh, and, and what the 2022 draft is really shaping up to look like once we get teams lined up for where they're going to pick, maybe we can have you back on the show prior, just prior to the draft uh, to really set up this year's uh, entry draft for us. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so a lot of work ahead of me, but um, once the black book is out, um, uh, I'll be I'll be uh, free to do as many podcasts as, <laughs> as I can. <laughs> and if you're looking to follow uh, Jerome on, on Twitter, it's uh, Jerome underscore Barube. On Twitter, of course, the website's HockeyProspect.com, HockeyProspect.com. Uh, great website. Um, as I said, the Black Book is is a go-to for me, and I'll be uh, putting in my order for uh, the 2022 draft. Excellent. So good to talk to Jerome Barube. Mm-hmm. Uh, great having him on the show. He and uh, Mark and all of the folks over there at Hockey Prospect do a yeoman's amount of work. Uh, on the ground, in tiny rinks, all over the place, uh, just keeping an eye and and building up such a portfolio and library of information on all of these prospects. Uh, we thank him so much for for joining us. And and Rick, it's it's 
I'm I'm excited about the names that he dropped as as potentials that he's got an eye on in the first round for this upcoming draft. Um, I'll be very curious to see what the Canadians do with that first round pick from Calgary. But what's even more exciting is it might not even end there. No, that's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. The Canadians currently have uh, two first round picks uh, for this t- upcoming 2022 draft. Uh, an early one, um, their own, and uh, and one that that's going to be much later that comes from Calgary. But um, I, I I don't think it's any secret that uh, Ben Sherrod is going to be traded, and the Canadians are asking for a first round pick there. Uh, we've heard before Arturi Lekkinen uh, has been in demand, and it's possible that a first round pick comes from that uh, trade. And uh, if uh, there's a team wanting Jeff Petrie and, and uh, Ken Hughes is able to accommodate him. I'm, I'm certain a, a first round pick would be involved in that. So how Ooh. many, yeah, how many first round picks could the Canadians have? Um, we don't know. Uh, I would say um, at, at least three and, and there have been in, in the recent, very recent past, um, a couple of teams, a few teams that I can think of that have had th- uh, three first round picks. They include Boston, they include the New York Rangers, they include Vegas. Uh, all those teams seem to be doing pretty well right about now. So, uh, and, and also we, we should kind of consider that um, by most experts, this upcoming draft is considered a little bit on the weak side. Uh, so don't be surprised if uh, Kent Hughes uh, looks to take a 2023. Could he start stockpiling 2023 first round picks already? We'll, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what he's able to to uh, put together. And who knows? Maybe instead of the Canadians taking one of those three names suggested by Jerome, maybe they get to take all three. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. We'll have him back for that. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, then ask him for the lottery numbers as well. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection. Up next, we're going to let you have your say. Don't forget, we want to know what you think about the Tyler Toffoli trade. Uh, be sure to hit us up at Habs Connection or at All Habs on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, let us know. Uh, and uh, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back with you. Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 179 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, I'm going to remind you one more time, you can follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. And don't forget, you can text us at any time via the Rocket Sports text line at 5853 rocket we'd love to hear from you uh and we are going to hear from you here in just a little bit we've got uh an email to hear from from a, a a loyal listener we've got some responses to the question of the week which is what do you think about the tyler to trade but before we get to that we want to make sure uh that you haven't missed with all of the news and the games and everything the olympics uh, you name it uh that's been going on uh this week you might have missed some great content across our rocket sports media websites uh at allhabs.net of course, uh, we want to be sure that you uh, took note of the latest Habs notepad by Chris G, uh, as well as uh, Rick and Cole and Sam all work together each game day to put together a fantastic game preview. Uh, in addition to that, Rick has the comprehensive full game recaps after each game. So be sure you check out allhabs.net for those things. Uh, are you subscribed to our YouTube channel? You do not want to miss out on our YouTube channel. That's allhabs.net. Uh, excuse me, youtube.com slash allhabs. And this past week on the Habs Fan Forum, uh, talking about new energy. It it was, you know, yes, the Buffalo game was not great to see. Uh, But the excitement of seeing Cole Caulfield scoring again, uh, all of the news about the Tyler Toffoli trade, there's lots of things. There's a a new energy around the Montreal Canadiens and uh, lots for fans to get excited about. So be sure you check out the latest edition of the Habs Fan Forum. And as we mentioned, uh, don't forget about the Press Zone, our sister podcast hosted by myself and Rick Stevens uh, over on AHL Report. So, Rick, uh, we've talked extensively today uh, about the Tyler Toffoli trade. We know uh, how you and I both uh, individually feel about it. We know uh, that Jerome Berube joined us to talk about uh, what he thought were some good pieces uh, that came back to Montreal in that trade. But what do the fans think? What are what are folks saying about this trade? Uh, as we mentioned, you know, he was he was a popular player with fans. Uh, so I'm sure plenty sad to see him go. But where are they sitting on this? Well, for uh, the answer, uh, we go to our official fan page on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash allhabs. And uh, there's over 50,000 fans uh, there that follow regularly and chime in. 
Uh, let me take some comments here and share them with you. Croce Cesare says, uh, good luck to Foley. You're a great addition, uh, but you're better off in Calgary. Uh, Art Roberts says, really like the Tof- really like Toffoli, but it sounds like a good trade. John Amos says, the fire sale in Montreal has begun. Uh, John Singer, I hope we hire someone to do our draft picks for us. He's happy with the draft picks, hoping we'll hire someone to, to uh, manage the, the draft picks. That would be uh, Nick Bobrov, as yes. we uh, <laughs> mentioned. Uh, we'll miss you, Tyler, from Myron White. Thank you for your best efforts to make the Habs a better team. Uh, Christian Mulson says, it's a fair trade, to be honest. Calgary gets a solid forward on a good deal for two more years. Uh, Habs get an additional first uh, first round pick and a prospect. Um, and uh, let's see, th- those are all kind of... Uh, positive ones. Um, we have Tracy Lilly who says, wow, that's such a stupid move. <laughs> we have lost so many uh, players since last season. No wonder we're in a bad slump. I feel so bad for the remaining players. Uh, Doug Williamson says, are you, uh, yeah, um, second highest point producer this year, missed a bunch of games, salary is minimal, but hey, we got a first round uh, pick that could be nothing the way the Habs draft. Uh, Elizabeth Gerward says, uh, we wanted Toffoli to stay, keep this up and I'll no longer be a Habs fan after 62 years. So um, the, the responses are kind of mixed. I would say the reaction to the Toffoli trade. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, we expect that. And that's why we love hearing from the fans because fans feel things at opposite ends of the spectrum. And however fans feel about things, they're entitled to feel those things. We love to hear the reactions because, uh, you know, Habs fans are passionate. They're found worldwide, and uh, we always love to hear from you. So so continue sending in those responses, how you feel about the Tyler Toffoli trade. Tell us how you really feel. Um, but you had also mentioned to me uh, during the break that uh, there's uh, we had an email from a, from a longtime loyal listener. We do. Uh, this uh, sent to info at allhabs.net from our dear friend, uh, he goes by n- many monikers, Le Petit Bill, Dino, uh, Molly and me, um, his little friend Molly, uh, sends, he regularly communicates with us. He wanted to talk about the addition of uh, Vinny Le Cavalier uh, mm. to, the, to the hockey operations department. He says, hello, my friend, hope things are well. Holy smoke, I got to share with you. Who are they kidding? Zero experience <laughs> oh, for St. No. Louis, yet we hire him as an interim coach. Now, Le Cav is a is in the bubble, an advisor to hockey operations. What has he done to earn that post? Wow. Does he have expertise in the role since his retirement? Or is this just another title like St. Louis? It's not earned and it's not right in my books. Give him, let him be a, 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 a CH, uh, a Canadian's ambassador, but not in hockey operations. Same thing for St. Louis. Want his ideas, want his energy to rub off on the team? Well, let him have a visit, give talks to the dressing room. But coach, no, I don't buy it. Not at all. This is just another entitlement without merit. I apologize for my negativism, (laughs) but this is just the way I see it. Well, we like opinions. We like strong opinions. We love it. Um, And hey, you know, not everybody, not everybody gets... um, Mesmerized by the shiny baubles? Thank you. There you go. There you go. Um... 
Before we uh, talk about the Canadians' upcoming games on the schedule this week, a little bit of breaking news. You know how we just talked about the fact that Laval is currently dealing with uh, uh, some some uh, a, a new episode of COVID issues, and we just talked about how well Corey Schooneman's been doing in Ben Chirot's a- absence. Well, the Canadians just announced that Corey Schooneman has entered the COVID-19 protocol and will not travel with the team to New York. So, uh... <laughs> Hold on. The, Hold the, on. The, yeah, the, the outbreak is not confined to Laval, obviously. No. Or, you know, Schooneman came up from Laval, so who knows? With incubation periods, is this something that started in Laval? Who knows? But we're back at it again. So, oh, the, uh, the news cycle will continue. Uh, breaking news as it comes. So, he will not travel with the team to New York. Why is that? Well, uh, that... It's because the Canadians are playing Sunday and Monday in 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 this upside down universe that we are in. They're going to play uh, Monday afternoon against the New York Islanders in Long Island. Uh, then on Monday night, they turn around and come home and host the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and then two days later on Wednesday, they'll be hosting the Buffalo Sabres once again. Uh, so I think this is going to be an interesting three-game stretch here for the Canadians. For sure. Uh, and so, of course, with all of that, more breaking news as it happens. Uh, we will be back here again next Saturday for another episode of the Canadians Connection Podcast. I'll be back for a third week in a row. Happy to have you. Absolutely happy to be here. Uh, looking forward to it. Don't forget to subscribe to the Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app. Share it on social media. Reach out to us anytime on our text line, which is 5853ROCKET. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week for another great episode of the Canadians Connection right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.